0: I intend to focus in this talk on rugged individualism. Actually, I don't, but I was promised $100 if I used uh, various phrases of Senator Rick Scott. So, the other one... I've already got my first $100, but I I, I actually can't use the second phrase. It's a bit inappropriate for a priest, but... uh, I am an Englishman who sounds like an Englishman and who indeed speaks English as God intended it to be spoken. And as it is spoken in heaven, some of you might be lucky enough to find out. (laughs) However, I look like an Irishman. I have an Irish name. I have two European passports. And I'm a permanent resident of the United States. So, of course, I'm taxed but not represented. Um, a bit like actually all of you U.S. citizens now. I speak a smattering of some European languages, although I'm more like the character in Umberto Echo's The Name of the Rose, who was said to speak all languages and none. I'm a Catholic, and moreover, I'm a Catholic priest, which is why I'm wearing this outfit. I'm not an extra from The Matrix. Or- LAUGHTER I'm deeply English, my soul is English, but am I an English Catholic or a Catholic Englishman? That might seem like semantics, but it's at the very heart of what I'm going to say in the time slot allowed, and actually I've got plenty of time, but I won't go on for too long. It's a critical part of the development of this movement that we call national conservatism. As I already said, I'm particularly grateful to Yoram for inviting me. I know that one of the reasons, apart from the accent, was because there are those who are contending, some nicely with robust and intelligent debate, and some not so pleasantly with invective and ill-considered opinion, that Catholicism and national conservatism are somehow incompatible or are a match not made in heaven, an odd couple. I don't intend to spend the next few minutes giving you a treatise on theology that would induce the kind of stupor not seen since Fidel Castro's last seven hour speech. But uh, my job is to present from the perspective of a member of a family, a nation, and the church, why it is perfectly possible, and I would dare to say natural, for a Catholic to be a national conservative. It's important to say though as a priest, I'm not a member of any political party and from the pulpit my job is not to promote any particular party. It's to help faithful Catholics exercise their voting rights in accordance with the solemn teaching of the church on critical issues. For example, the sanctity of life, human life, from conception to natural death, the sanctity of marriage and God's plan for humanity made in the image of God, male and female. My vote is private. However, I will let you into a little secret. I will never, unless there's a radical change, ever vote for the Conservative Party in England again because there is nothing that even approximates to anything we could call conservative about it. Conservatives are social conservatives or they are not conservative. Nationalism is the consciousness of nationality. So wrote G.K. Chesterton, an Englishman and a Catholic, and someone who is worth quoting all the time. He's already been quoted several times, and he's going to be quoted several times in this speech. Nationalism is the consciousness of nationality. It's not morally wrong. It's not problematic. Just as one's name is the consciousness of being part of a particular family. In a marvelous book, I'd encourage you all to read it if you have the slightest interest, published in 1933, edited by Maisie Ward, Chesterton's biographer, called The English Way, there are separate chapters were written on different saints and English Catholic figures from our long history by the cream of English Catholicism at that time, and it was a wonderful time. Many converts, great converts. Apart from Chesterton, there are chapters by people like Belloc, Christopher Dawson, and many others. It's both in Maisie Ward's introduction and a few words in the chapter on Alfred the Great by Hilaire Belloc that I think the case can clearly be made that there is no incompatibility between Catholicism and nationalism rightly understood. Ward says in her introduction, the key to it all. Catholicism, she says, because it is universal, it is in every country, but because it is sacramental, it is intensely local, found in each country in a special and unique fashion, not a spirit only, but a spirit clothed in material form. It's a beautiful phrase. Don't tell me that Spanish Catholicism is anything like English Catholicism or Austrian Catholicism, because they are local and clothed in their unique fashion and material form. This sacramental quality, which imbues each country with its intensely local form, is because we Catholics and indeed all sacramental Christians believe in the truth of the incarnation. The word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. The love of nation and the celebration of its customs, at once both conservative and radical, to the very roots, because as Sir Roger Scruton, our hero, once wrote, because the soul of man is a local product rooted in the soil. If this is the case, it is undeniably conservative, not in any party political way, but in the true desire to conserve and to cherish. But is nationalism wrong? Some people say it is. Some people say it's a sin. Carol Wojtyła, St. John Paul the Great, was a proud son of Poland. I would contend, as I said in my opening prayer on Sunday, he embodied the highest ideal of national conservatism. He certainly lived both Chesterton's definition of nationalism and the dictionary definition as being loyalty and devotion to a nation, especially a sense of national consciousness. He loved his country, its history, and its culture, all that was good and local and particular, its clothing of Catholicism in material form. He wrote John Paul's words, Patriotism is a love of everything to do with our native land. Once again, nationalism, properly understood, is the same. The strange things, said Chesterton, are cosmopolitan. The common things are national and peculiar. That's why we travel, that's why we go to see the shops, the clothes, the culture, the peculiar things of another country. The love of those things, of one's native space, is not sinful, it's necessary. The things that bind a people together, including the shared national memory that we call a nation's history, to take pride and to take pleasure in them, to seek to preserve them, is not alt-right, is not racist, neo-Nazi. It's beautiful. It's inspiring. That includes that includes national boundaries and borders without which democracy is imperiled. As Roger Scruton has written, democracy needs boundaries and boundaries need the nation-state the right of a nation to have borders and to enforce them and to require those who wish to enter to do so legally is neither contrary to the Christian faith, it's it's not uncharitable and it's not inhuman. So if nationalism is a national consciousness which engenders a sense of loyalty and devotion as it did in the case of John Paul II, it might be worth asking both to whom or to what are those who have no sense of national loyalty or devotion, what are they devoted to? I think, again, we touch on this most important point of the sense of sacramentality and locality clothed in material forms. In secular terms, it's what's been described by David Goodhart as being either somewhere people or anywhere people. Catholics are without a shadow of a doubt, somewhere people. And we we know only too well who the anywhere people are. The ones running our global institutions, academia, much of the media, so-called citizens of the world. They're unencumbered by the tired old concepts of nationality, common culture, history, and of course the worst of all, religion. How colonial, how 19th century, how passé, to celebrate the idea of loyalty and devotion to one's country, a bit like traveling around in a horse and carriage, a relic of the past, although probably this time next year, most of us will be going around in horses and carriages. (laughs) Dana Joya, the poet laureate who had the great honor of listening to and meeting a few weeks ago, writing of literature in Rusty's magazine, could, say, could just as easily be speaking of the difference between somewhere and anywhere people when he wrote of the growing homogeneity of writers educated with no deep connection to a particular region, history, or tradition. And yet, yet, that's still a tightrope we have to walk We have to acknowledge as Catholics anyway. It's a paradox which must be acknowledged and somehow successfully lived with the love of nation, locality, and conservatism and the fact that we as Christians believe we have no abiding city. For men are homesick in their homes and strangers under the sun, wrote Chesterton in one of his poems. But we also love our homes, our families, our people, despite being strangers and sojourners. Where nationalism can go wrong, Saint John Paul said, is his words if the good of one's own nation alone is pursued without regard for the rights of others. Roger Scruton would also argue that nationalism as an ideology is dangerous if it occupies the space vacated by religion and we did see that in Nazi Germany. Nationalism can never be my country right or wrong. That inevitably leads to despotism. Perhaps once again, as he so often did, Chesterton gives us both the definition of a true nationalist and a patriot. He said, that essential madness is the idea that the good patriot is the man who feels at ease about his country. That he said, is not a patriot but a courtier, an upholder of present conditions. A patriot, Chesterton said, or we could say a true national conservatism, a conservative, a patriot is a discontented man. If we boast of our best, we must repent of our worst. I'd add a third factor we should gently avoid, and that's the internecine warfare between all of us who claim to be conservatives. It really doesn't matter how many integralists can dance on the head of a pin. Uh, before we build a Catholic nation state, let's have some practicing Catholics first. It might be useful. <laughs> we should not be fighting with one another without challenging, uh, channeling my inner John Snow It's too late to be fighting amongst ourselves. Winter is coming. The army of the dead is on the march, led by the original white walker George Soros and his sidekick, Mr. Schwab. (laughs) The deep things which inhabit the native soul, wrote Belloc, are immemorial. The English imagination, the English humor, the English Englishry. Maisie Ward said, it's those deep things, those immemorial things, English, Irish, French, American, Polish, which gives each nation its own special way of being. Those things can be, and in many cases are, both national, conservative, and Catholic. Thank you.